If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we offer science, stories, skills, and songs to help you slow down, stress less, and love more. It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and that you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. Welcome Welcome to season five. On today's episode, slow the F down with law of attraction. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. If you clicked on this episode, you've probably heard about the Law of Attraction before. According to this philosophy, you create your own reality. What you focus on is what you draw into your life. It suggests that what you believe will happen in your life is what actually happens. So we're going to slow way down with the law of attraction. We're gonna look at the myths, the metaphysics, and even the physics of it. And of course, we'll give you awesome skills and tell you how to get more. So if you're ready to make the law of attraction actually work for you in a way that feels good, we dedicate today's show to you. So what is the law of attraction? Well, let's start with what it isn't because it isn't an actual scientific law in the sense that it's gone through years of rigorous double-blind testing. It's a philosophy. And I'd say it's also a series of beliefs. And we're going to share a bunch of perspectives around that today. So let's start with some physics and metaphysics around law of attraction and see where there are similarities and differences. So there's 41 important laws of physics. There are three central universal principles that make up the law of attraction. First one, like attracts like. So in physics, that's described as electromagnetism. According to quantum physics, atoms have energy and are drawn towards atoms with similar energy composition. So following that principle, the law of attraction states that thoughts like atoms are drawn towards the same kind of thoughts. Thus, the law of attraction points out that like attracts like. It means that people tend to attract people who are similar to them, but it also suggests that people's thoughts tend to attract similar results. So negative thinking is believed to attract negative experiences, while positive thinking is believed to produce desirable experiences. Okay, so let's slow this first law of attraction down and, you know, pick it apart. (laughs) (laughs) So I have an example of negative thinking attracting negative experiences. All right, let's start there. Shortly after my last breakup, I was in my house and I was seething. I was angry. I was frustrated. And I remember I paced around my house for probably like a good hour. And then I was like, I need to get out of the house. I need to go for a walk need to discharge this this pent-up energy. So I'm walking around my neighborhood and I turn the bend and they were doing a bunch of construction on like this cliff essentially that leads up to the hill and there was this car coming down the road and I don't even know how the car was allowed to be on that road because it just looked very dangerous but this car was like coming down very gingerly so I stepped all the way off the road like as far as I could get in that short amount of space into my neighbor's yard to like give this car plenty of extra space to pass and when I did the car stopped right where I was and it put down its window and I said boy they barely gave you enough room didn't they because there was just not a lot of space and the dude looks at me and goes you fucking whore and then puts up his window and drives away (laughs) I'm looking at your face right now which is total like drop jaw I remember standing there 
shocked that this man just said that. And then he drove away. When I got back into my house, obviously I was shaken because like that's a super cruel thing for a random stranger to just yell out a window to a to neighbor who was being neighborly. It's verbal violence. It's verbal violence. But I got back in my house and I realized that energetically the amount of frustration and anger that I was feeling before I left the house to go out and go for that walk was mirrored back to me. Now that doesn't in any way, shape or form excuse that person's behavior, which I which I think is a trap that some people can fall into in the spiritual world around this topic. He was completely out of line and it was totally wrong and it matched the energy vibration of what I was feeling. I love that you bring in that clarification. People get really hung up on this one because it is not realistic to vibrate perfectly happy at all times, nor should you try? As you know, Casey and I are advocates of being authentic, being real and honest about what you're feeling in that moment. Yes, she had been seething for over an hour and stomping around thinking violent thoughts, maybe <laughs> about someone else. <laughs> and yes, it did get reflected back to her. And she could have gone out feeling great and feeling really positive and someone could have rolled down their window and shouted some verbal violence at her and i think that's where people get hung up on this law is they believe that if they are positive they will always be met with positivity i don't think that's the way it works <laughs> Because <laughs> I felt positive plenty of times and have had some shit hurled at me. And I have felt negative and have had people be uplifting and kind and wonderful to me. But this is how I do think that it works. Hear me out. When I'm thinking negatively and have a lot of hurtful emotions moving through me, I don't feel good. I'm in pain. I hurt. And from that hurt, you can think, say, and do hurtful things to yourself and to others, thereby manifesting more negativity in your life. But when you have a practice of thinking, and I'm going to change the word from positive to loving. When you have loving thoughts, loving words, loving actions in your life, you tend to generate more loving people, things, opportunities around you. And what you focus on is what you think, is what you feel. So for me, that's how I make this particular principle of the law of attraction, like attracts like. That's how I make sense of it. And that's how I make it work for me. Elizabeth knows that one of my superpowers is pattern recognition. And so this principle has worked in my life by me recognizing patterns of thoughts or in behaviors that I'm doing that are either loving or not loving and the results that those cause. And so I think in that way, this principle can be a tool of self-awareness and that if your thoughts and behaviors and actions are continually producing not loving results, then that's an opportunity to examine your thinking. 
So for example, one way I can fall into negative repetitive thinking or I catch myself is when I'm consistently judging everything and everyone in my life. And when I catch myself doing that for a couple days, I'm like, wait a second, I am bringing judgment energy, I'm bringing worry energy, I'm bringing fear. That's constituting the majority of my thoughts. And as a result, I'm having not loving or more negative experiences. And so it's an opportunity for me to pause and choose and switch to more loving thoughts. Right, and more loving thoughts feel better. <laughs> One feels like shit. And the other feels better or good. Yeah. So that that's what that this law comes down to for Casey and I is, do you want to feel better or do you want to feel shitty? <laughs> the second universal principle is nature abhors a vacuum. So in physics, there's a concept attributed to Aristotle that roughly translates to the phrase, nature abhors a vacuum. In layman's terms, the concept means that nature requires every space to be filled and that there are no naturally occurring empty spaces because denser surrounding material immediately and always fills a void. That might be a completely microscopic ion, but it fills the space. This law of attraction suggests that removing negative things from your life can make space for more positive things to take their place. It is based on the notion that it is impossible to have a completely empty space in your mind and in your life since something will always fill the space. It is important to fill that space with positivity. This makes me think of an error that I used to do when I was cleansing spaces. Whenever I would feel a stuck energy in my home, I'd get out my sage and I'd burn it and I'd go around and I'd ask, all of the negative entities or anything that's not in alignment with my highest good to leave to clear the space. And then I would burn the sage and then I would walk away until my friend Elizabeth. Me, she's talking about me. <laughs> taught me about this principle and said, hey, space just doesn't stay clean and empty. You have to fill it back with the vibration that you want to occupy that space. And I remember having this light bulb moment of just being like, oh, and it made so much sense. Right, because what'll happen is maybe something you like and you want will fill that space, but more likely than not, what will fill that space is what was most recently there. It'll just go back in. I actually learned this at the Barbara Brennan School of Healing and Barbara Brennan was the first female physicist at NASA. So a lot of the techniques that she taught us were based in physics. And this was impressed upon me for years. And when we're doing energy healing, we never just quote unquote, remove something from someone's energy field because in wholeness, you can't get rid of anything, it wouldn't be wholeness. It wouldn't be wholeness anymore if you were trying to get rid of things. And I can't tell you how many thousands of people have come to me to get rid of things for them. <laughs> but you can't. You can't get rid of something. You can only transform it or you can release it, but you always put something else in its place. I always want to make sure to fill whatever space that was created with love with healing, with white light. I never just take something out and leave the space blank because the, the, the same negative energy or painful energy could go right back in. And or you can do techniques that actually 
transmute the energy. But if you want to learn those, you've got to go to the Barbara Brennan School of Healing. I don't teach how to do that. <laughs> so there's so many examples of how you can make this work in your life. If you're working with painful thoughts, you replace them with positive thoughts. Casey and I always suggest infusing those thoughts with love, with gratitude. It gives them much more power and it acknowledges more of the entirety of your being. Thoughts don't just work alone. <laughs> they are completely tied in with your emotions. They're tied into your ability to love. They're tied in with your trauma, with your whole belief system, with the whole paradigm you're living in. They're tied in with so much that to do really good, what I call conscious manifesting, yes, you need to use thoughts, but not only use thoughts. Transformation doesn't work that way. So you might have a lot of negative things going on in your life. We can get really stuck dwelling on what we don't want. And our mind can just think about over and over and over again what we don't want. So the suggestion here is to shift your thinking towards what you do want. And that gives you a better chance of creating it in your life. Can you talk about the uh, negative to positive thoughts, six to one? So there's, there's a uh, study in neuroscience that said you need at least five positive thoughts to neutralize one negative thought. So if you want to start thinking and feeling better, you need a minimum of six to nine positive thoughts per one negative thought. So that is a shit ton of positive thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we say that the key to making new neural pathways, the key to changing your thoughts is practice. It's repetition. You have to do it over and over and over and over again. And when I'm working on some particularly gnarly thoughts that have become beliefs, like whoever I'm dating will always leave me, right? I had really serious abandonment issues. So whether it was conscious in the moment or buried in my subconscious, it was always there. He'll leave me. And that programming was so deep from my childhood in which both parents abandoned me that it took a lot to overcome that beyond therapy it took a lot of actually reprogramming my brain and, you know, not just trying to let go of that thought. Because if you've ever tried to not think or let go of a thought, you know how impossible it is. You've got to replace it with the positive. So I had a practice every morning and every night before getting out of bed when I wasn't dating on purpose because I really wanted to clean up my vibrations and my thoughts around manifesting a healthy relationship. And so every morning and every night, I would let myself think, feel, see, just completely this immersive experience of being with a partner who wanted to stay, who wanted, who chose to be with me, who I was a great match with. And at first, that was really hard. I did it every morning and every night for two years straight without skipping. And that's when I met Dale. So it wasn't enough to just try to let go of the painful thoughts and beliefs. I had to replace them with thoughts and beliefs that felt 
good. And then I had to learn how to vibrate at that energy frequency because for decades, I had been vibrating at the frequency of being afraid I would be abandoned. And you know, that shit doesn't stop once you're in the relationship. <laughs> I had to keep the practice going even after I manifested him because of course I still had my issues. I was still in therapy and still getting help with that. And I didn't want to be codependent, right? I didn't want to put myself in a situation where my internal feelings were based on his behavior beliefs, like I really wanted to change that within myself. And a huge part of that is not abandoning yourself. So really learning how to be there for myself, how to feed myself right, how to exercise right, how to love myself right, how to hold myself, hug myself, and be with myself and not abandon loving myself which is something that anyone with abandonment issues can relate to is the number one thing we do is abandon love for ourselves. I love how you were able to change your vibration from one of abandonment to one of trusting in yourself. And you said that you practice changing your vibration morning and night for how many years? Two years straight without ever skipping. Okay, I wanna highlight that because I think it's extremely important. When we're talking about changing vibration, that can't happen without discipline. And um, I define discipline as the ability to give yourself a command and follow it. And I know that in my own journey, and I hear other people, uh, it's easy to get frustrated with the, oh, well, this isn't working. Well, changing your vibration requires repetition. As you said, it requires the discipline to show up and to keep doing it again and again and again. It's not a quick fix overnight type of process. And so I really commend your discipline. And I love that you shared that story because it's also proof that it works. Well, let's be clear. It worked to raise my vibration from being stuck in abandonment issues all of the time and of not knowing what it feels like to be in a secure and mutually loving, vibrant, happy relationship. And it it switched to knowing exactly what it feels like in my body and in my mind to be in a secure, mutually loving, vibrant relationship. But it doesn't mean that if you do that, you are definitely going to create the thing on the earth plane. And I think that's one of the biggest places people get super hung up and super frustrated with law of attraction. They believe that if they think it, if they say it, it will happen. And I posit that the manifestation is the feeling that you have in the moment of practicing it. It isn't necessarily that that thing manifests on the earth plane. It manifests in how you feel. It manifests in a brighter outlook. It manifests in anxiety and depression lessening. It manifests as you being able to get up and greet your day with enthusiasm. Yeah, the good feeling is what you want anyway. So it becomes the bridge that sustains you from where you are now to where you want to be. You get to feel good along the whole journey. You know, when I hear you say discipline, it makes me think of getting the right dose of medicine. In this case, the medicine I'm talking about is brain training, belief busting, frequency raising, somatic movement. That's the medicine we use to heal trauma and to manifest positive new feelings and experiences in our life. And they have to be administered in the right pace and in the right dose, just like medicine does. 
it took about four months of practicing that morning and night before it really started to kick in. Because as I said, I had a lot of negativity around relationships. I had just gotten out of an abusive marriage and I had a very low depressed vibration happening. When we talk about vibration, we're electromagnetic beings. John Hopkins and other places have created equipment that can measure the electromagnetic field of a human being. We are made of matter, energy, light, and subatomic particles that can be measured. Our brain waves can be measured. We have gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta waves. Uh, gamma rays are when we have intense concentration and learning going on. Beta waves are those problem-solving and engaging waves. Alpha waves are for relaxation and recharging. Theta waves are the dreaming, autopilot states and learning. And then delta waves are when you're in dreamless deep sleep. Part of what you're doing when you're consciously manifesting, when you're activating your thoughts, your words, your actions to feel more loving and positive is that you're changing your brain waves and creating new neural pathways to more positive, happy, healthy, loving thoughts, which raises your mood. For me, after the divorce, I had quite a ways to go. <laughs> I didn't want to manifest yet another abusive relationship. I wanted to manifest the love of my life. So after about four months of really working on that, I felt in love. I remember going into work and people asking me if I had met someone. I was radiating light and love from me. And I kept that up for another year and a half before I met him. And you know, when people asked me if, if I was with someone, I'd say, well, I'm in love. I just haven't met him yet because that's what was true for me in the moment. So I had already manifested the loving relationship I wanted. So I was already living and feeling as if I had it. I was freaking giddy. That's one of the ways that I have made law of attraction or conscious manifestation work for me is in the feeling state where I don't feel that I'm lacking it. I feel that I have it. And it is a way of not being attached to having to have the thing so that you can feel happy. You feel happy and wonderful. And if the thing comes along, that's the cherry on top. Because even after you manifest the love of your life, you still then have to have the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> which requires a whole nother set of skills, <laughs> which is why Casey and I opened the love school. <laughs> you know, wh why do we do anything, right? Because we think that in the doing of that or the having of that, we will feel better, right? And so what you're talking about is finding a way to feel better first and then if that thing or that situation manifests on the physical plane, bonus. But you're not giving all of your power away by waiting and relying on that thing or situation to manifest first. That's right. And you're not dependent on that thing manifesting on the earth plane for your happiness. And let's be real, Slowdown fans. You have already manifested things that you wanted in your life 
And when you got them, you were like, meh, it's not so great. (laughs) (laughs) So remember that too, right? Is we can get really, really attached to if we only had the thing, then we could be happy, then we could feel fulfilled, then we could have this wonderful life. Have the wonderful life to the extent that you possibly can, and then you're going to have a happy life whether or not those things manifest on the earth plane. The thing is, we are never not manifesting. We're always manifesting in every single moment, every thought, every word, every action. That's us manifesting our life on the earth plane. And I've manifested a lot of things I don't want because I manifested them while feeling fearful. So we have a much better chance of manifesting what we do want when we practice feeling good. And we have a better chance of manifesting what we don't want when we're feeling fearful. And I'm including manifesting and then perpetuating painful feelings here. As someone who had chronic depression for decades, I know the painful spiral I was caught in when I was manifesting pain on top of pain on top of pain. It took me a while to actually let it sink in what you just said there, like in in my own personal experience of you're manifesting all the time regardless. And I remember trying to force myself to manifest things from a really shitty place and then getting frustrated that it wasn't working because I was manifesting, feeling really shitty, and then more shitty things would happen. Exactly. At the very least, good feelings usually produce more good feelings and bad feelings produce more bad feelings. I went to school to be a special ed health and physical education teacher. Everybody told me it's impossible to get a job in Pennsylvania. You're going to have to leave the state, sub for a couple years, and then maybe get a full-time substitute teaching position and then maybe get a teaching position. So I had it this belief drilled in my head that getting a teaching job in Pennsylvania right out of college was going to be next to impossible. And so I kept perpetuating that same story. So when people were like, how's getting a teaching job go? And I was like, well, I've now subbed in 30 different districts. I've made it to the final in five. And no matter what I do, I just can't get a teaching job. I got to a point where it was like absurd. Like people literally could not believe that I didn't have a teaching job. But I kept manifesting that belief. But the other part of that story is I ended up never getting a full-time teaching job. And what I learned is that not manifesting what I want was also a blessing because I didn't want to be a teacher and I ended up overnight manifesting a job that paid three times the amount that I was making, had much better hours and allowed me to use my skill set and my desire to help others in wellness in ways that I could have never imagined. Yeah, I love that you bring in that empowering fact that sometimes not manifesting the thing we want turns out to be such a blessing. I bet that everyone that's hearing this can think of things that fell through and they were so relieved when they fell through. A belief that I have consciously said and felt and known in my heart over and over again before it manifested into the physical is that I have the most amazing client and I have the most incredible people in my life. And when I say that, I I can feel it. I can feel the truth in that. And even 
before those things came to be, the amount of fulfillment and joy and excitement that those beliefs bring into my heart and bring into my life, I, I it, it feels amazing inside of my body. That belief is one of the reasons that I continue to show up and I do what I do in the love school. And it also helps me show up and be a more loving daughter and a more loving friend and a more loving sister. And so without anything on the outside needing to actually mirror that, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing just how deeply fulfilling being able to feel that is. Yeah, and I'm grateful that you use the word fulfilling because you let yourself be filled with the thought, with the energy, with the emotion. So you have a feeling of fulfillment and you got to have it in the beginning of your entrepreneurship before you even manifested the clients. You got to give yourself the feeling of fulfillment. And then yes, it did happen. You have amazing, wonderful clients. You have amazing, wonderful people in your life. And you know what you focus on grows. So the more you focus on that positive, the more you can see it. Just like when you get a haircut and then you see everyone else who recently got a haircut. Or <laughs> when I got a silver car, then I noticed all the other silver cars, <laughs> right? So. In very basic and then very big ways. This is a natural human thing to happen. What you focus on grows. When you see people that are happier and as someone who spent four decades with depression. Oh my God, five decades with depression. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, how, how old are you? I know, it's hard. It's hard to remember. You know, I used to get mad when I'd see happy people <laughs> until I learned of how to allow myself to feel better. Again, so much is tied up in that. What you feel you deserve is tied up in that. How much you love yourself is tied up in that. Our traumas block us from being able to feel love and happiness or to feel like we deserve love and happiness. They can block us from even trying. They can make us feel disdain towards those that are happy. And so when I first started studying about law of attraction 25 years ago, I thought it was going to be about magically, <laughs> you know, using magical thinking to get what I want in life. I was like so many people who look to law of attraction for some sense of control in a world that is so out of our control. But now I've had a lot of time and a lot of experience honing my manifestation skills and learning what consciously manifesting is really about, which is we can never really be in control. We only have the power to direct, direct our energy, direct our thinking, direct our actions in the way that really feels good to us. That's the power we do have in our hands and we can improve and get really skillful with that power. I think that's the closest thing to control we're ever gonna get. And I do it all the time. I did it just this morning while I was putting on my socks and all of a sudden my mood started to drop and I started to feel crabby about some errands I had to run today. And I caught it, I caught it really fast. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I'm grateful I have a car I can do errands in. I'm so grateful that I have the time in my schedule to take care of this thing. I shifted it. That's 
what I get excited about with conscious manifestation is that quickly I can go from manifesting pain to manifesting pleasure. It took seconds to completely shift my mood and perspective. And then I went about and joyfully took care of my business. It needed to be done anyway. And you had a choice of how to approach it. So you chose the approach that was more pleasant and caused less suffering. That is for sure. And that takes us into universal principle number three. The present is always perfect. Mm. We're, we're going to pick this one apart, too. Now, I couldn't <laughs> really find a law of physics that could kind of match up with this one. The closest I could get is the second law of thermodynamics, which states that any spontaneously occurring process will always lead to an escalation in the entropy of the universe. And in simple words, the law explains that an isolated system's entropy will never decrease over time. In law of attraction terms, while it may always seem like the present moment is somehow flawed, this law proposes that rather than feeling dread or unhappiness, you should focus your energy on finding ways to make the present moment the best it can be, which is literally the example that you just gave. Exactly. It fed into it perfectly. And instead of saying the present is always perfect, I like to think that the power is in the present moment. My power is in this present moment. I can't go back in time and change it. I can't time travel to the future and knows what's happened. All I can do is try to make this moment as full of love and joy and happiness as possible. And if I'm feeling sad, grieving, anger, be really, really honest about that and include feeling loving at the same time. So that even if I'm feeling what people call quote unquote negative, which Casey and I try to stay away from, <laughs> from labeling feelings as negative, but if I'm feeling those uncomfortable emotions, I can always add love in so that I'm being honest about what I'm feeling, but I'm not cutting myself off from love. And from that, I can make choices. I can go forward from now with as much power and positivity as possible. One of the things that uh, Elizabeth and I teach about is acceptance. And it's this idea of whatever is coming up for you in the present moment is welcome. It's there. It's valid. And so when I think about this principle, like the, the, the present is always perfect, everything in it is perfect. And so even if if you have the emotion of anger and love and gratitude, if you have all of those emotions coming up at the same time, that's perfect. They're all there. One's not right. One's not wrong. And so to me, there's just like a, there's an overall acceptance of this principle that feels really true to me. Byron Katie says, when you fight what is, you lose, but only 100% of the time. And I think of that so often because how many times a day is something happening that we wish wasn't happening, right? And we can, I'll speak for myself, I can feel in victim consciousness really quickly. You know, this thing is happening to me. Why is this thing happening to me? And that can only happen when I'm fighting what is in this present moment. But as soon as I shift to accepting, boom, the fight's over. Now I can do something about it. And that's why we keep prioritizing our stress release class and providing that for you, not only once a month for the public, but even in Elizabeth and I's own 
private practice because it's like, okay, that sounds great, but how do you actually experience what it feels like to accept all of your emotions as they come up in the moment? And that's literally what that class is. It is it's an invitation to experience the wide range of human emotion in a loving, supportive container. And we can stay stuck in feeling and regurgitating over and over and over these painful feelings. But in the stress release class, you have a totally safe space where it's safe to feel those uncomfortable emotions. We feel, we move into release, then we fill ourselves with love, right? Because nature abhors a vacuum. <laughs> and then we shift into manifesting and we really let ourselves have the celebration of, and excitement of having what we want in that moment, in real time, the manifestation happens. So it's so much more than just relieving stress, but if you don't release the stress, it keeps you blocked from manifesting what you want. So you can always go to the love.school, that's the love.school, you can click on our stress release class, click on the single slot and get your ticket for one class, or you can click on the multiple slots where you can subscribe and save. So you can become a patron of our podcast, Slow the Up Down Show. And as a thank you at the sloth tier level, you get to come to stress release class for free. Yay! In 2023, our stress release classes are happening the third Monday of the month, starting February 20th. That is 7 to 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, so you can plan accordingly. And if you want Casey and I to personally help you up-level your ability to manifest what you want, and we want you at our annual epic vision board party, which is happening on January 14th, 2023. Just go to the love.school and you can click on the button for the vision board party and sign up. It is totally free. And it is like a masterclass in manifesting, but it's also a party. There's wine. You can bring your girlfriends. It's just girls allowed. Sorry, dudes. And it's over Zoom. So you can have a whole bunch of girlfriends over at your house or your daughters, your nieces. It's such a great thing. We often have three generations of women there. We work on our vision boards together and we answer all of your law of attraction and conscious manifestation questions and we drink wine <laughs> it's awesome this party has been going strong since 2007 hundreds and hundreds of women have come through and it is just wonderful and we really hope we see you there that's at the love.school rsvp to get the link for that free party today and now for your slowdown skill slowdown interview and slow down song right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slow down fans, it's me, Mother Nature. When you swim in my oceans, put your feet on my soil, listen to the birds sing, you can feel the harmony at which I resonate, which will create more harmony within you. Come spend time with me whenever you want help cleaning up your brain waves so that you can more easily attract harmonious and positive experiences into your life. Thank you, Mother Nature.
And now for your slowdown skill. So when we talk about replacing painful thoughts with positive thoughts that make you feel good, there are a few rules that will really help you be super effective with that. Because I know some people do it and they're like, oh, it totally doesn't work for me. But neuroscience says it does work if you use these rules. So let me tell you what they are. One is your words have to be in the present tense. For example, you don't make an affirmation that sounds like, oh, I wish I could have enough money. <laughs> your affirmation would be in the present tense. I have plenty of money. So you want to use present tense. You also want to keep them positive. So you don't want to use any lack words or words that could be negative or low energy frequency. So instead of enough money, you say plenty of money. Something that I help women with when we do this, and if you come to the vision board party, you'll get to have it personally done for you. I will do it for you and with you. Usually one of the, the places that people get hung up is they make their positive statements way too long. Keep them as short of, as possible so they have more impact, right? I have plenty of money. <laughs> then you want them to give you some kind of emotional feeling or charge. So when I say, I have plenty of money, it feels fun to me, right? It gives me that little energy boost, that charge. And you keep using that words until they don't have a charge for you anymore. So maybe they'll only work for you for a few hours, a few days. I have one that's been working for me for years, which is I have more money than I could possibly spend. <laughs> it always makes me giggle. It always feels good. It's always full of energy. So keep them present moment, keep them positive, keep them short, keep them full of happy, uplifting emotion. And with that like boost of emotion, what, something that really helps is adding in love and gratitude. So feel this, I love that I have plenty of money. I'm so grateful that I have plenty of money, right? You can infuse your words with love and gratitude. And then, like we said before, you repeat them hundreds of times, right? Think of all the thousands of times you haven't had enough money and you thought about not having enough money. So you need to do at least six times positive for everyone negative. So really thousands and thousands and thousands of times will help you with this. Whatever you're working on, whether it's around health, love, money, an object. I've done this so much with creating a home right? Which now I'm recording this podcast from a home that I own. That took me a lot of energy to shift within me, a lot of shifting thoughts. Because I'll tell you, up until even last year, a thought that came in a lot was, oh, I'm so bummed I haven't manifested a stable home yet. And I really had to change that shit around and be like, I'm so grateful I've manifested a stable home. I'm so grateful I live in a home I love. I'm so grateful I live in a home I love that I own. This home is so stable. So you can really just 
say them over and over and over to yourself. You soothe and uplift yourself with your statements that are present, positive, and full of great energy. Beautiful. And I have two pro tips here. Number one, be willing to believe that your statement could be true. Number two, only share it with people who you know will be totally supportive of it. So come to the vision board party so you can get four hours of support around manifesting, plus wine, and then (laughs) come to the stress release class so we can help you to release the stress and truly embody the frequencies of what you want to manifest. Both are accessible at thelove.school. And now for your slowdown interview. Today, we get to talk with Sabrina Saunders-Mosby. Sabrina is a futuristic thought leader and workplace inclusion catalyst. She's held senior roles at numerous nonprofits, spent close to a decade in the government sector, and now serves as the president and CEO of Vibrant Pittsburgh, a premier economic development membership organization and the Pittsburgh region's central resource, spokesperson, and convener on workforce diversity and inclusion. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. So at Slow the F Down Show, we are all about helping people slow down, stress less, and love more. And so with you and your own life and your work, how has slowing down helped you? So I would say that I spend a good part of uh, the early parts of my life uh, in go mode. Uh, trying to achieve, striving for the best, reluctant to think about the potential of any failure. And so uh, that evokes stress and pressure and uh, all the things that uh, perhaps you, you know, you want to minimize in your life. And so um, as I got a little bit older and, uh, and started to think about what I truly wanted in life, what my priorities were, it was family. I've always uh, loved my family and I, I wanted a family of my, of my own. And I would say that it was facing the fact that I might not be able to have that family that caused me to stop, uh, to stop all of the running, the stress on my body, emotionally, uh, spiritually, that the consistent go mode uh, had placed on my life. And I started thinking about my health differently and doing things to prioritize what I valued and what I saw for myself in the future. And uh, when you do that, when you take a step back and kind of look around you and evaluate uh, how you've been living and whether or not what what you've actually been doing is moving you toward the things that you want, you appreciate things differently. <laughs> um, and so it was that thing that happened when I realized that perhaps what I, what I wanted or how I wanted it was perhaps being harmed because of the way that I was living and the way that I was going. And so I stopped, I stopped and uh, I started to do things differently. And on the other side of that, uh, one, I started living a, a more healthy lifestyle and, and changed my diet. So I felt better. I, I looked better. Not only did I notice, but people around me started to notice notice as well. And, you know, I, I have a two-year-old son, by the way, who graced us with his presence uh, during the pandemic. We can talk about what kind of slowing down was required during that time too. But it was really that that moment when I realized that some things needed to change. I I love how getting clear on 
what you wanted out of life was kind of that catalyst of like, wait a second, I need to slow down if I actually want to have these things. Yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was a defining moment. Honestly, there, there have been many defining moments in my life, but, but that was one, right? Being a parent, being a mom, I was a, I was a wife and I knew that there were things that, uh, that I wanted in addition to a career and in addition to being a good friend and all of those things. And so I knew that I had to shift things in my life and also spend more time, right, on me and focusing on on making sure that I was in the best state possible. During that time, I, you know, I wasn't the happiest person and uh, I probably wasn't the most fun person, let's just say, to be around during that time either. And so I'm sure that stopping in that moment uh, as I reflect on it has enhanced a number of, of parts of my life uh, outside of uh, the fact that I became a mom, you know. So uh, there, there are a number of positive attributes to being able to pause and reassess and change some things to ultimately begin to attain the things you desire. And you mentioned that during the pandemic, you welcomed in a little one. So I'm sure that came with its own newness. How did the pandemic kind of force you to slow down? Oh my goodness. I told you I'm I'm in go mode usually. That was my MO. I'm also the person that I will pow on things. That was like what I thought was my nature. <laughs> Right. Not the case, but I was my actions, unfortunately, were moving me in that direction. So that means that I started a new job working as president and CEO of Vibrant Pittsburgh in November of 2019. And then shortly after that, found out that I was pregnant. Then, you know, March was the pandemic. And then, you know, we had uh, the death of George Floyd. And in regards to the work that that I do at, at Vibrant, that was a very significant moment, not just for me personally and for us in our communities, but also for the work that we do. Honestly, all of those things together could have caused a lot of stress and challenge, but the pandemic itself, the uncertainty of it, we really couldn't make any rash decisions about many things. We had to wait and, uh, and it forced you essentially to slow. You had to wait and to reassess what it was that you were doing or pivot and you didn't want to you know make the wrong move and so you had to to sit back that for me was really challenging part of my personality trait is to be in control of things and so i'm pregnant at home i'm usually in the office or, or out to brunch or wherever and i'm, I'm at home pregnant and waiting uh, for someone to tell me when i can go back outside <laughs> or go back into the office it was just reinforcing a journey that i was already on which was uh, for me a blessing in disguise because i was able to reflect more on, okay, what do I value? What do I really want to do? What do I really enjoy? Uh, how do I want to experience this pregnancy even uh, with, you know, a bit of fear connected to it? Because I think I alluded to having some trouble with, uh, with, with getting pregnant. And so I had to sit in all of that at home <laughs> uh, with my spouse. It caused a bit of slowing just naturally it was really good for me. You know, now we work in a hybrid uh, structure at work and I never thought that that would be something that I'd be supporting uh, with the you know, traditional work schedules in the office. We do work you know, in the office, not anymore. We're extremely productive. And so I changed my mindset. And so I have more time in the morning or you know, at the end of the day to do things like, oh my, well, listen, I can't tell you the last time I've been on my Peloton, but if I wanted to ride that thing, I could. <laughs> 
it did take some getting used to and adjusting. It was not easy. And that was just, again, a blessing for me to have that on the other side of a journey that I chose to kind of slow down, reassess and, and prioritize my time, my thinking and the way that I was investing both. So obviously the pandemic was a dark cloud that affected all of us negatively, but the silver linings that it did give us time to slow down. And I'm so glad, Sabrina, that you used that time to reflect, reevaluate, and really accentuate like, wow, you know, if I want to get the things I want out of my life, I'm going to have to pivot. I'm going to have to make some changes, but you did it. I did. I did. And I will say that, honestly, I don't know how I would have been able to do it the way that I did it if it had not been for this horrible thing called the pandemic. Come on. Being pregnant at home and then being able to have my son be at home and he was on Zoom calls with me and he was kind of a part of the, the package deal. And it pushed me into a completely different kind of le a leader as well because I became the leader that this is how I show up and that better be okay. The level of stress that's removed when you really aren't as concerned about appearance. And now I showed up the way that I like to show up. Up pleasantly. However, if my kid's with me, then guess what? My kid's with me because this is where we are today. This is what it is. And we're going to move forward. And I have continued that cadence, even with kind of a, you know, we're talking about work, but just in, in general, right? If he's got to come to something or if I have to show up in a different way at a different time, or we've got to rearrange things so that it works better for me, then that's the way that I'm showing up in the world. And I'm perfectly fine with it. And people and things and scenarios have been adjusted. And who knew that that was possible? Right. It's like this massive acceptance of your humanity and reevaluation of, honestly, what I hear is a reevaluation of your values and acceptance of yourself at a deeper and more authentic level. And here you are showing up totally powerful, still a CEO, right? Like still rocking your career, still helping people, still making a difference in society. And you get to be your authentic self. Absolutely. Now I will, I, I do want to, I, I want to make sure because, you know, words really matter. And I don't know if I am fully being my authentic self yet, uh, but I'm coming into it. I'm coming into being, uh, you know, there's something about being a black woman in America that most certainly um, still holds some cards behind. I'm not putting everything on the table, even the level of vulnerability that I can, you know, provide, you know, in this forum or in others, it doesn't necessarily mean that I am putting it all out there and that I don't still hold some fear. Yeah, that fear is uh, understandable and I think often healthy fear because that fear also lets you slow down and have discernment because sometimes it isn't to your advantage to be as vulnerable. You know, in this forum with women like us that are totally safe and, and literally what we do for a living is help people be more, more vulnerable and more real, sure, but it's not appropriate in every situation. And we're all always evolving. I'm 30 years into my career and I am still a work in progress. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm proud of me. I'm proud of, you know, the the person, the leader and the friend and parent that I am, the spouse I am today, recognizing, you know, when I look back, you know, how far, even in just this short period of time uh, that I've kind of caught up 
uh, to the power, you know, that I've been holding this entire time. It's, it's impressive to me. And I know that it was a lot of work, but recognize that it's, it's possible. It's just, it's crazy how things that we never imagined were possible, the things that we never would have asked for before, they just seemingly now are, you know, at our, you know, at our fingertips and available. I was just with a close friend of mine, long-term friend of mine. For the weekend, we planned a girl's trip and we talked about a lot of things. We spent a lot of time just catching up and both parents, both executives. She said something to me, you know, there are only three things that we can really you know, focus in on when when we're prioritizing what matters to us. And you know, out of five really major categories, there are only three that you can pursue and pursue well. And so I'm going to try to get this right. And so out of family friends, rest, exercise, and work. Only three of those, right? And so I challenged her to the death. No, no way, you know, only three. And then I thought about it and I was just like, darn. I think I said something about I could do the Peloton, but I, you know, haven't been on that thing in forever. As I thought about it, I am happy with, yes, putting maybe three or four or, four or whatever those things, maybe two, you know, depending on what's going on in my life, you know, right at the forefront of, of what's important. But I now can take a step back and prioritize moments so that I can sustain relationships that matter. And so that I can focus in on, we went to the spa over, you know, over the weekend and we like doing that and we had some great food. And those are things that, that we enjoy doing together. And that's going going to help to strengthen and maintain that relationship that I care about. And we might not do it for, you know, until the next quarter or later in the year, but that is how you really maintain the things that you care about in a thoughtful way that you remember, that you look forward to later, but also prioritize the things that are in this season of my life, most important and most valuable. So I, I'm still kind of fighting with the notion that there are only three because I feel like you can put some time into all of them if you want. It did make, make me think about uh, how I am considering those aspects of my life and where they fall and, and how I'm, I'm making sure that they are in their rightful place for sure. Yeah, I think people get uh, confused or, or mixed up around the word balance. Exactly. I love that face you just made because I, I make the same face because it's not about balance. It's not having all of them in equal measures at all times. It's about being able to prioritize in that day, in that moment. Today, my day is about self-care and romance. Today, my day is about getting shit done in business. Today, right? So, it's about being able to A, prioritize, but B, amplify the different areas of your life and spend time in each of them in the measure that's appropriate for your health and your well-being at that day, at that time, at that moment. Oh, absolutely. It certainly is not about doing well at all of those things at all times, but certainly celebrating the things that you are just knocking out of the park in those moments and recognizing that there's an ebb and a flow to it. I acknowledge that. I accept that. I appreciate that. I'm not measuring the quality of my life by the shortness of the moments, but kind of how it looks across the spectrum. Yeah. Life is dynamic. For sure. Well, that was some great slowdown wisdom and slowdown advice. Slowdown fans, you might want to rewind and just play that interview over again because there are gems through that whole thing. And this is from a woman who is doing a lot, achieving a lot, and in this place of acceptance 
and taking care of herself to the best of her ability and giving herself these important slowdown moments. To me, that is the healthy way to have it all. And you're doing it, woman. Well, thank you. So we love music. We're always super curious. What is your favorite slowdown song or type of music? When I'm in like 100% Sabrina mode, like myself, it's either I need a like kick in the butt type of song. And that's Happy Face by uh, Destiny's Child. And I sing it to myself in the morning, in the mirror. My husband knows it. My people know. That's my jam. And it's funny. It's quirky. You gotta get out of your own head and have fun with it. It's a super fun song. But then when I'm just by myself and in my own groove, I listen to early 2000s uh, R&B. I like Monica and, and Brandy. Just kind of groove out to it and enjoy myself in my time and enjoy every single lyric in every song. I know, slow down fans. You can't see Sabrina, but she's smiling as she's saying this too. So I can just feel how much these songs help shift your mood. Oh my gosh. I mean, you should see me yeah. like with my brush <laughs> and my happy face with the shower going. And it's, uh, I mean, like, it's so good. It's so, so good and fun and silly and you know and I don't care I don't care who knows or who watches or who can you know hear me singing off to I am not a singer but I'm singing that song I definitely have Destiny's Child and Monica and Brandy on some playlists as well I, I think it's with Monica and Brandy it's it's like their deeper tones to the deeper tones of their voice that I really like because it's like there's just something that I can I can feel like the lower vibration more in my body when I hear it that's something with me and my girlfriend, we were talking about the first CDs that we had in our car, the first cassette tapes, and like it was taking us back, right? You know how it takes you back to that moment the first time you heard it. And I said something to her, I think uh, the first CD I ever had in my car was Room 112 by 112, which is an army, an army group. And she's like, I remember you got that song. And I, I don't remember like if you like sent me an AOL message or what, but you told me you've got to hear this song. And it wasn't like you could just send it to somebody at that time. I had to go get it. I love you. Like, and you couldn't just send it. You're like, no, <laughs> you used to have to go put it. It took effort. Right. <laughs> Actual effort. Right. You have to go and buy it. <laughs> Delayed gratification. Hey, I, I'm Gen X. We made each other's mixtapes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find out more about Vibrant Pittsburgh? The best way to connect with Vibrant Pittsburgh is through our website. It's just vibrantpittsburgh.org. And we're on LinkedIn, on Instagram, same handle, easy to, to connect with us. And on Instagram, it's vibrantpgh. Sabrina, it was an absolute joy and pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being here. And we're so excited for people to hear this interview. Oh, I'm so excited as well. Thanks for having me. Invite me back anytime. We're, we're all friends now. And so I'm looking forward to spending more time with you and excited for what you do. Thank you for what you do and for this time that we spent together. So to summarize, do we believe in the law of attraction? I'm kind of agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> because my truth is, I have seen how consciously manifesting has worked in my life, that the more I allow myself to feel good, which is part of healing trauma, right? We shut down, we go into that fight, flight, freeze, faint response, and we block off our ability to be able to feel good. So part of my recovery from trauma has been to learn how to feel good again. And that's a path 
I am still actively on, and it's why I'm such an advocate of the nonlinear movement method, because that is what has given me my visceral, in my body, feeling of joy, excitement, celebration, and my ability to feel good for longer and longer periods of time. And the better I feel, the more amazing people I meet, the better my romantic relationship gets, the more my body heals. So I guess the short answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) When I look at it through that lens, how about you, Casey? Do you believe in law of attraction? I think that law of attraction, it's always fallen a little short because this idea that you just say what you want and then you're going to create it in the material plane. For me, I've always resonated more with the manifestation piece. And where manifestation is different is you become the vibrational match of the thing that you want to manifest in the physical. And so similar to what you shared, my lived experience is that the more consciously aware I am of my own vibration, the more likely I am to align to things, people, and places that match that vibration. And I've seen that as my lived experience again and again and again. So I think we can all relate to the experience where we go somewhere and we're at a party or a wedding and we end up just gravitating towards someone. And then you end up having this really great connection or this really great conversation. At the end of the night, you're like, oh man, I was really vibing with that person. And it's like, yes, that. And you mentioned trauma in your response. And and part of the problem with these three so-called laws that we went over is that they aren't trauma informed. And so slow down fans, we give you, drum roll please, Casey and Elizabeth's principles of conscious manifestation. Principle one, feel better or shitty, you choose. Principle two, out with the mean, in with the love and kindness. Principle three, now is a good time to feel good. (laughs) I love our principles of conscious manifestation that are (laughs) trauma-informed. I absolutely love the work of Abraham Hicks. I've listened to probably thousands of hours of, of their content. And I agree that where it falls short from a law of attraction standpoint it is it, it is not trauma informed. It encourages a hundred percent positive thinking focused on what you want. And what we know to be true about trauma is you cannot suppress it forever. Eventually it's going to come up. And what I've found and what I don't agree with with the, the Abraham teachings is It almost makes it wrong. Anything else than positive beliefs that are aimed towards what you want are are viewed as uh, as less than or encouraged to be ignored when we know that not only does that make trauma worse, but it's actually impossible. Exactly, exactly. And we love it. You know, we've both gone live. The high vibrational frequency in the room is amazing. I can even get it listening to them on YouTube. But the truth is we teach our own three-step manifestation process at our virtual love retreats, and they are somatic and trauma-informed and let you be in your fullness, let you have your full range of emotions and your full range of feelings and give you the opportunity to process through them. We go through this complete mind, getting really clear on what you want to manifest. That clarity is super helpful because, you know, sometimes 
we've been living under obligation or we've been taking care of other people and we don't even know what we want. So we help you get really clear on that. We do belief busting and brain training in this part. We help you clean up your thoughts and get into the right mindset. And then the next phase is movement. We help you connect with your body, release stress and trauma and expand into love, a really loving feeling so that you can infuse your manifestations with love and manifest from a place of love. And then the last phase we teach is embodiment, where you become an energy frequency match and experience embodying what you want to manifest there in the moment, in present time, while you're being witnessed and supported by the other women in the group. And it really powerfully helps you feel like you're just clearing a path and making a connection with what you want to manifest on the earth plane right here, right now. The manifestation is happening. I feel like it's a really beautiful, truly holistic approach to conscious manifestation. And it's a lot of fun because... Part of this is letting yourself feel the celebration, letting yourself feel the fun of having what you want. It is a joyful, fun thing. So if right now you're doing law of attraction or a manifestation process and you're feeling tense or scared, you've got to shift that first. You've got to shift what you're feeling first, get into better feeling states, and then do the embodiment piece from that really clear-minded, trauma-released, centered, fully embodied place. Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I love picking apart the law of attraction and busting the myths about what people think it is and sharing what I've learned. I love this topic, it lights me up inside. What was your favorite part of today's show, Casey? I really appreciated how Through our discussion, the law of attraction and conscious manifestation was presented in a way that it can be a really empowering tool for yourself in that you get to feel what it is that you're wanting without it having to actually be there. It's so empowering. Yeah. Slowdown fans, we love hearing from you. What was your favorite part of today's show? If you found something helpful in this episode, please subscribe and share it with a loved one who can also benefit from Slow the F Down Show. Our mission is to help as many people as possible slow down, stress less, and love more. And we can't do that without you. And if you're digging our content and want more personalized slowdown goodness, become a sloth level patron and get free access to our stress release classes that are live over Zoom. You'll learn a method that's guaranteed to unstick stress from your body on a cellular level. Go to patreon.com slash slow the F down show. That's patreon.com slash slow the F down show and choose the tier that works best for you. And to our existing patrons, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you and your support means the world to us. On our next episode, slow the F down with death. Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.